Hello, listeners. Thank you for tuning in to an all-new episode of Supper Time in the LBC. I am Brian Addison and has always joined by the amazing Sarah Bennett. This is part two of our home series. Uh, the first episode released last week focused a lot on grocery shopping. And this one, we're going to take you down to the cooking, the actual part of prepping in the kitchen, give you some tips that will hopefully make your life a little easier as we explore uh, more on home and cooking and grocery shopping and that whole thing. So what are we cooking here tonight? And you're hosting, yeah? Later? Yeah, yeah. I'm having two friends over. Um, her dietary restrictions were no beef. Uh, no shellfish because she's allergic to both. Uh, beef allergies are fascinating. One of my old editors, Damien, was allergic to beef, and it's like super serious. So she kind of had that. So, and she was, I was like, so chicken and pork, I kind of went boring. And she was like, well, no, I love lamb and I love goat. And I love both of those too. Goat was just really hard to find. So I'm doing. You weren't down for a 48 hour beauty. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I'm doing lamb meatballs. They're going to be in a super spicy red sauce. So, okay. I grew up Italian and spice is always given through crushed red pepper or Calabrian chilies or chili oil. But as a Californian, we eat Mexican food on the daily. And so we have heat heat, we have serranos, we have jalapenos. And I wanted to make a spicy red sauce and I kept on using those peppers, the heavy peppers. And it totally takes the brightness out of the tomatoes out and you don't get that like, like when you have a really good margarita pizza and it's just because the sauce is so damn good, mm -hmm. it's that bright tomato sauce. Those peppers kill that brightness. That's why they're used in salsas. <laughs> um, but the... Almighty habanero is like a bright pepper. It's not, it, you can throw in a habanero into any Italian sauce and it won't, it won't mess up its flavor profile like a, hob, uh, like a jalapeno or a serrano will. So where do you get them this time of year? Do you grow them? No. I grew, um, I grew so, some once. So, and you can tell, a time. You, and you can tell, um, yeah, these are huge. It's, it's, it's not a good season because the ones at El Super were flat out white. It was sad. And those are the ones you don't want people. You want like really bright orange. For sure. So I had to get these at Ralph's. Wow. I mean, this is like a two inch tall habanero. Right. This is massive. So you put all of these, you're going to put oh, no, four. No, no, no. I'm like, no. there's four habaneros here. Yeah, no, no, no. I you're put, mean. I put one, maybe two. Okay, so lamb meatballs. Yes. And what, with just sauce? Um, yeah, so the lamb meatballs, it's actually half lamb, half pork. Sometimes people find lamb to be gamey. Mm -hmm. I love the flavor of that. Like they call it gamey, but it's actually just the flavor of lamb. That's what that's what lamb tastes like. So I cut it with pork, soak breadcrumbs in cream. I was gonna ask, what is this? White uh, panko breadcrumbs soaked nice. in milk. Whoa! Where'd you learn to do that? Why? Um, <laughs> like why? Um, it just seems like something I would never do. Um, it was a tip from my grandpa. My grandpa, my mom. I'll never forget. My mom made meatballs once. And she was like, you know, dad, my meatballs are so dry. And he was like, well, how many, how much breadcrumbs are you putting in a roughly people use about like three quarters to a cup per pound of meat. She told him and he was like, well, that's too much. And you need to soak them in milk It is like the most wonderful secret to meatballs ever. Another revolution. Yeah. And, and, and it's, and it depends. You can do it with anything that you're, you're using. Like, I mean, outside of a bondigas, which uses rice, has its to cohesive to cook the character. 
Um, but yeah. So are you just going to mix this up? I mean, there's just like a hunk of meat yeah. in a bowl. There's it will be, the, yeah, it will be the, the bread the, in the bowl. A pound of ground lamb, a pound of ground pork. Like, can we just pour it in and, and mush? Is that how it works? Yeah, I mean, we yeah. don't have to do it now. Yeah, but. two eggs. Yeah, we're going to be doing it. Uh, heavy on the salt, pepper, the breadcrumbs, two eggs. And with the lamb, I uh, got this from a friend in Jordan. This is called Zatar. Oh, Zatar. And it is spectacular. Wow, this is... Oh, yeah, this you can, is what... Literally, you can dip your finger. Dip your finger and taste it. That's how good it is. I'm not joking. Like... Yeah, this is what they put on the Zatar Manouche at yes. Amatoli, which is only available during brunch now, by the way. It's, like, amazing. That's awesome. So that I is throw, a giant vat. I know, right? So I throw that um, only in the lamb meatballs. It's funny. Like, with the pork and beef ones that I make, th this just doesn't do well. So it's something about the lamb that this concoction works well with. That. So you do trial and error? I mean, that looks like, that looks fresh. How do you know? Oh, I, well, I just got this. Yeah. She, she just like, got how do you that. know you can use it in the lamb? Uh, because I, lamb is actually really common meat in that whole area, Mediterranean and Levant. Right. Um, and yeah, I was like, let's try this out. Cause yeah, she, when I first got it, she was like, use it on anything. And I just started putting it on salads, on breads. I put it in olive oil and you can just dip your bread in it. That's amazing. That's like a jug. Yeah. And, it, and it's super, it's cheap people and you can get it and you can get it online. So yeah. So then I'll fry those bad boys in olive oil and then take them out. And I will use those same little the brown drippings. drippings and start to cook the basic red sauce. And basic red sauces, people, are super, super easy. The key thing are these bad boys. You'll find them. Oh, you do use cans, good. Yeah. I don't feel so yeah, bad. That's no. exactly what I use. You use either San Marzano's. You or... have to use the San Marzano yeah. style. Like, and these are, so these are the super bright, whole peeled, always get whole peeled, Roma tomatoes. They're also fun to crush in your hand, and it's a nice sensation, it's relaxing. But so with all those, drippings, is that how you break them out? You crush them with my hands. Yeah, that's it. Mm -hmm. And then, but I also have an immersion blender that I make the sauce like super smooth. I with. take, I take my kitchen shears and I just kind of go to town with the kitchen shears. Cause I like them chunky still a little. See, uh, my guest actually gave me a really odd, she was like, I don't like okra. This is, and she was like, well, how picky do you want me to be? I was like, tell me your things. I, I love hearing people's like, you know, what they don't eat. I'd be like, we're going like, out to eat. She was like, I don't like okra and I don't like chunks of tomato. And I was like, what do you mean by chunks? And she's like, like big chunks. Like I don't like chunky red sauces or chunks in soup. But if I was like, but what about like a smooth tomato soup? She's like, oh, I love that. So yeah. So we're going to blend the sauce. So tonight. you're de-chunkifying it. Yeah. I'm going to blend Would it. Would you but, cook it chunky for yourself though? Um, I, like, you, it, I you... like it smooth. Um, but it also depends on what I'm, yeah. And what you're, what you're serving it with. Yeah, sometimes I want that, like, chunky deliciousness. I would uh, say that sauce is my go-to. That's the easiest thing for me to make. That's the thing I'm most comfortable with. That's what my grandma made all the time. She taught me, like, the kitchen sink idea. salsa. Yes, yeah, salsa is another good use for it. So, I mean, salsa, they call it salsa. In, yeah, it's sauce. <laughs> yeah, salsa means sauce in Italian. So, <laughs> it's the same thing. But, yeah, that's definitely, like, whatever's in the fridge goes in the sauce. I, I bought, I re-upped my packet of capers too. So I've been I using. love capers. Yeah. It's kind of a game changer when you know what to use it with and pine nuts. So what are your tips for people who are living solo? Like savants like me, like kitchen it, it, savants. It's, it's a learning curve, right? I mean, you have to like, 
I think you would have to regularly shop and regularly cook to start to get to understand what works and what doesn't. Well, I guess on a little more background, I lived for a really long time in a studio apartment that didn't have a stove. So is that legal? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It had a heater. I think that's the only thing you need. Um, well, yeah, because in Long Beach, so many of our apartments, especially in the core were like built, you know, before refrigerators existed. So you have these like kind of quirky apartments where there's a, like the cupboards are actually old ice boxes, which is what my 90 year old dad called refrigerators because they were actually boxes for ice. When he was growing up, they weren't, they didn't plug in. So you have all these apartments that were built, like all of Alamitos beach was built in like between 1910 and 1920, let's say. Yeah. Right. So there wasn't, that didn't exist. Fridges didn't exist. So now these studio apartments that are all efficient and built in, you know, how everything is like in its place and everything's perfect and efficient and useful. So if you want a fridge in your house, where are you going to put it? Because there wasn't a spot for a fridge. And so you'll see a lot in a lot of apartments where there's like space choices that had to have been made. And so in my studio and in my neighbor's studio next door, we decided to put the fridge where the oven was. So you could either have had an oven and then maybe put a mini fridge or something somewhere else, like in your studio gotcha. apartment, in your bedroom sized room that you owned. But you kind of had to make your choices on it because there wasn't space at all. And then there was a little breakfast nook. So you, yeah. So I decided that I was just going to use hot plates, but I ended up not really cooking at home, but just because of that, because it was just so small, it was like a bachelor, right? It's like super efficiency. So, and then I didn't have a dining room in my next apartment. So I didn't cook that. And there was no counter space in it. Again, another old place where some of the counter had been cut out so that a fridge could fit. So I've been kind of cursed by the good care, by like the cool character of the apartments I've lived in. So where I live now, I've only been there a year and a half and it's the first place where I have a kitchen where I can spread out and I can cook on things and, and I have a dining room where I can actually like sit and eat. So see, I'm with you. All the, all the places I've lived in this city have been old, but that's why I love them. Yeah. But like to this day, well, I, I still haven't had a place that has a garbage disposal. And oh, that's yeah. a whole, like, you have to learn how to be smart people. Like, and honestly, like try not to dump fats, mm -hmm. oils, like it will be it will ruin your kitchen sink. That's so the cool. thing. There are, there are workarounds. It's not like the, the regular YouTube cooking shows don't always work when you're trying to learn to cook in these kinds of older places. Like you really have to be uh, economical about it and like figure out a way around some of the restrictions. Yeah. The, the place I live now is the first place I've ever lived in my life with a garbage disposal. Oh, and it's, it's very different. It's yeah. Right. It's yeah, like, it's, it's totally different. Every time I cook in a place that has crazy. a garbage disposal, it's like, Oh, this is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, yeah. The learning curve has definitely been uh, pretty steep. Like just trying to pull out the old recipes and like not mess them up. Cause I tend to do that. I'll eat it anyway, but um, cooking for one or buying more like buying for one is hard, but I'm starting actually, I just, and I'm going to put it on record so that we actually follow through, but talking to my friends who also kind of live alone and they're always cooking their stuff. We're like, Hey, let's just do a swap. Like I'll make a big batch like this soup that I brought over today. I made a huge batch of it. And I already gave some back to Kiwa who gave me the, some of the vegetables that went in it, you know? So I gave some of the That's soup to my smart. friend and then she's going to cook something and then she'll give it to me. Which speaking of which introduce yourself to your neighbors, people. Yeah, no, I really We're becoming way more siloed. I feel like. I mean, I don't know about in Long Beach, but I know my neighbors and we talk, I mean, they, we don't swap food necessarily, but I started, yeah, I just, we know all our neighbors. I just like, started a comp, a, another compost heap at my current place. Cause I had one at my old house. And then I, so I've gone like a year without it. And I was like, I'm sick of throwing food out and 
since I started getting imperfect produce delivered, I'll talk about that in a sec, but since I started getting that delivered, I want, I'm cooking a lot more at home and I have a lot more scraps. And so I want to make sure I give it away or, or donate it back to the earth, I suppose. So my na- I told my neighbors about that. That's like my, I'm tapping into their, um, like how willing they are, you know, to share food with me or to do that kind of stuff. So I just invited them to like, Hey, want to put your, put your well, extras are, are on my compost Are you surrounded by people who live either alone or just in pairs? Well, I'm in, I'm in a little cottage house and then my neighbors on one side live are in another house, but then everyone around us, we live like in uh, like, um, seventh and Walnut area, like in central long beach. So there's a lot of those like cracker box apartments around us. So those people, I don't always know, like I've said hi and stuff. Like if they're having a party and they're on the patio, we say what's up, but their entrances are on the other side. And you know, you have to go through, it would be like, if you, if you knew your neighbor and you saw your neighbor out your back window here, like we're in a, an apartment building, but you, so you wouldn't really like see them on the street necessarily. So I don't know all of my neighbors. Even when I had roommates and we were close, like all the people I lived with, I was luckily like I knew. So it was more like living with friends. And even then, like shopping for single or pairs is Mm -hmm. so expensive and families don't get how like lucky they are if they are able to have access to wholesale like Costco, like the amount of money that you save just by higher quality. I waste so much money. Yeah. Oh, and fun fact for people, even though it's alcohol and it's a luxury, but people drink, you do not need a membership to buy alcohol at Costco. This is good for you on two huge levels. Kirkland brand alcohol is spectacular and it's cheap. No, it's super high quality. They have $6 Prosecco bottles that are fantastic. They have wine bottles that range from like six and their most expensive is like 30 you're looking at the $6 bottles being like $30 bottles and their $30 bottles being like $60 bottles. And then on top of it all, just access to beer and the regular brands. And I'm telling you people, you will save so much money rather than getting a handle at a liquor store or Ralph's by just going there with Costco. You just walk up and say you're there to buy alcohol and they'll give you a scarlet letter badge that lets everyone know that you're the alcoholic. Oh my gosh. But I, I think it's such a great tip. And if you can't afford a, a membership, Costco has really good stuff for you just, to be able to really save money and help with cooking at home. Well, as we were talking about communal stuff and sharing things, that's another thing that I've definitely done is get a Costco membership and split it with people. And then we all go to Costco together. So like Aureli and I go shopping together and we'll split the cost. Like I don't have space for like 90 toilet paper rolls. I just don't. But I got space for 40. And so we spy. So we split the cost. Our little cupboard is so perfectly spaced. We have to get to the last roll before we can buy more. Because it fits perfectly. Like all the rolls were like, yes. But that's another way to do it is to split the cost with someone. I mean, Mm -hmm. in the sense you you two do. And uh, so if you can get that and then you can... um, you know, combine your trips. Yeah. And we can't friends. get like produce and stuff there, people, because it, it, it's way too much, even for two people. Like, yeah. unless you want to eat like cute little baby squashes for like three weeks straight. But that's what I mean. If there, cause a lot of things, especially in the food section, they'll come in packs of two, three or four, whatever. It's like, I don't need, you know, 17 guacamole tins or something. It's like, no, yeah, like, share it with uh, other people. Exactly. Like split it with other people. They're um, Kirkland brand thick cut bacon is spectacularly affordable. You know, like the, like they're like 1299 at Ralph's, like thick cut bacon packages. It's two giant packages, I think for like eight bucks at Costco. So just split it with a friend. Same with like sandwich meat, 
better the bouillon better than bouillon mm -hmm. um stuff like that they're non-stick their nonstick comes in like two packages. What's an, oh, the nonstick, um, the nonstick cooking spray. spray? Yeah. Um, I definitely yeah, buy my olive oil there. I go through enough olive oil. <laughs> oh, I see it here on yeah, the counter. I get the jug. Well, I put my olive oil in a. Um, I have a separate container that like I like a cool little glass one. Like all super cute. It is a glass one. Have you seen it or what? No, oh, I just think. You like, just imagine. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you know me. Um, well, and I put rosemary in it. I put dried rosemary. So you dry out the uh, rosemary yes. and then you put it in, and then I replace it like maybe every two or three times after I refill. I go through so much olive oil. Oh, I I need that. We buy uh, Kirkland olive oil. So in the U.S., unlike other countries. <laughs> Uh, you get to advertise on your olive oil bottles that it's olive oil, but you can cut it with grapeseed oil. So almost all the major brands in Ralph's and stuff like that, no joke people, even when it says 100% on the cover, turn it around and it will be cut with grapeseed. So anytime you buy olive oil in the United States, make sure you read the ingredients because there's no law enforcing how it's advertised. God, that's like distilleries where you don't even have to own a still, but you can call yourself a distillery. Okay. Back to your original question of like, what's that learning curve? Like, how is it cooking? That's been the most interesting part for me is trying to go back a little bit to that. Even though I live in a city, the base, even though I didn't have, I didn't have all of this growing up. I mean, I never, I mean, I felt dirt in my hands at the park, not like in a farm or anything. So I feel like part of me is trying to chase that as much and live that as much as I can being here. Like I do go to the farmer's market. I do try and buy local. I am go I'm I need growing to be stuff better about the farmer's market. I need to remind myself of the farmer's market. Like, there is tons. It's, it's, I literally live across There's the street from every the week. Park. There's one every day of the week. It just, it's not ingrained into my head. It's like those things like, yeah, I just wish I had that base. Where like that's I don't, the one thing I don't think I did of going do. to a grocery store or I, I think of like, wait, no, go to a farmer's market, see what they have. Like I grew up going to the farmer's market and I remembered going there all the time when I was a kid with my mom and but it was like, we'd get snacks and stuff, you know, and maybe I didn't see how the stuff at the farmer's market ended up on my plate as a kid. Damn, and now that I'm talking about this, I'm realizing I, I have some food. I have some like food experiences as a kid. And haven't the haven't the chefs basically saved or turned into what the Santa Monica farmer's market. It was saved by chefs because like people stopped going after like stores started, grocery stores mm -hmm. started becoming corporatized. Completely. And then LA chefs were the ones who were like, dude, screw this. No, I'm gonna go to a place and learn about the person who grows it. Mm -hmm. And then when you have that relationship, guess what that farmer's gonna do? He's gonna save you the good. I'm gonna be like, check these leaks out. I mean, like, our Those son are sexy leaks. If anything, like the easy, <laughs> the easy way, <laughs> he loves the leaks I brought. Oh my God, Sarah brought sexy leaks. <laughs> <laughs> well, that ties in with because these leeks are, they grew out of the ground in Long Beach. So I'm trying to grow in my own backyard, but I'm, I only have pots because my landlady doesn't want me to grow in the ground. So I'm trying to like figure out, I've done a season or a couple seasons, like what can I actually grow here that I will use? Cause I can't do squash. I can't do certain things that I want. Can't get the tomatoes as big as I want them to like make oh. a good sauce. You have to buy them in the cans. There's, well, and there's something, um, oh, our shout out to our publisher, David Summers. Uh, if you ever want to know about growing, talk to him because him and his family grow. Yeah. Oh, his wife has like uh, pickled, various pickled things and they're all like aged. So like some of them are going on a few years. Oh, she, she has That's her own sourdough level. starter. That's the next level. I know, right? Is, is, is pickling. I've considered it. I got that daikon radish and I was like, maybe I'll start pickling. But there is a weird line along the Long Beach coast, according to him, that like when you're too close to the water, 
you it's basically impossible to grow peppers and tomatoes like you need to just be slightly above this line i forgot what it was interesting because, yeah i was like wait in big signals i was like you don't have issues with tomatoes he was like and i would talk to people around here though my neighborhood and they would be like why can't water up with my tomatoes i was like same with me and everyone got the same thing they turn into a stick just like a solid single stick everything falls off and it turns into a sad brown stick, and you're just like. I mean, I got more than that, but I got a but. But they never got big. And it's a it's a small line, and basically he was like, "Oh yeah, you're two blocks, huh?" It's like, yeah. He's like, "No, no, no. You need to be a little bit more up." It's like, wait, what? Seriously, it's that? He's like, yeah. And he's like, and then a little bit more up, they get even better. So he's like, Bixby Knowles is like golden. Well, that makes sense. Why then, like the farms that do exist are up there, like farm lot and uh, organic harvest gardens, and and then yeah, my friend's kind of private farm up in North Long Beach. But I've been I'm trying to put in either time or donate some money so that I can you know have like a little in house CSA in a way, you know, more of that community idea of like pulling resources and finding out what your neighbors are growing in their backyards. We were talking earlier about um, mapping, you know, all of the citrus trees because there's so much um, extra stuff that just even if it's not hanging over into public property if you know the property owner i'm sure they'd love it if you got all the grapefruits out right. of their backyard <laughs> like go and take it all please so trying to pull those kinds of resources and trying to get back and remember what does grow out of this ground because there is a lot we're in southern california we have the bounty like we're you know we're romanticizing italy we're romanticizing mexico right now but california is where california is the best like when the new yorkers come out here they're like what you get this all year round we're like yeah it's california so we do the same stuff like to other people, even as we do it, even right? as we, we act, romanticize other places, yes, even as we act, but it's because California is so urbanized now, yeah. like especially Southern California, like it. Yeah. It's like, you do have to go out of your way to get back to that and to buy the fresh stuff that isn't prepackaged. That isn't like, I mean, to get beets, like going up to the farm uh, last week, he pulled beets right out of the ground and handed them to me, like just what? with everything, with the roots still on and with the greens. And I was like, what do I do with the greens? Because <laughs> I knew that you could, I've heard it before. Like, I knew you could do something. I was like, what do I do with them? He's like, can you treat them like traditional greens? Just like rinse them and then just like. I sautéed them super quickly with some asparagus. So just salt, really? salt and pepper, garlic. So it's like a and, soft leaf. Yeah. Yeah. Salt and pepper and garlic and rosemary. And it was, yeah, it was, it, they're kind of spinachy, but with a stock, like shard kind of, but yeah. smaller. Um, Love Swiss shard. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I just sautéed it up with the asparagus. And I was like, if it's. If it's crap, it doesn't work. At least I got the asparagus, but it was good. And they were, I mean, I salt, I, I salted them because I'm salting things now. Uh, ding, ding, ding. Well, I am learning that if you can add some, you find your spices, find your little things that you like to put in. I always cook with rosemary. I'm always, you know, salt, pepper, and rosemary are the go-to. Um, on the red pepper flake tip, I have, um, I bought a huge thing of red pepper flakes that have, it has other spices in it, but I bought it in New Mexico. So I think they're, they might be like Chimayo peppers. Cause I bought them in, um, I think I bought them in Chimayo. I think, I think I might've bought them when we were up there, like in the city. And that's why I was like, Oh, I'll get these. So I use that sometimes too. I'll put that in things just to like, like Emerald Lagasse, little bam, little bang, little kicking it up a notch. Um, there's also I, the funny thing and learning curve of how to use vegetables there's also one with proteins like you know you start to learn like with like with chicken people like you you kind of have to brine chicken basically if you want to marinate it otherwise it's just going to be on the outside it's never going to sink in um it's too dense of a protein literally but like with a steak you can salt the hell out of that thing olive oil salt let it sit for like five minutes you are good to go grill that bad boy voila so like the different types of proteins on what you can marinate, you can brine pork 
always like always brine your pork. I have never cooked pork in my house. I really just don't. Yeah, if you want if you want succulent pork chops, hot water, a little bit of vinegar, and then add whatever flavors you want. If you like your pork chops a little sweet, add some brown sugar. Um, I like mine with like a little like heat, so I put sriracha, white vinegar, warm water, some peppercorns, stir it up, salt, throw the pork chops in, let them sit overnight. It will totally change the flavor and also help your pork chops stay more moist because it absorbs salt. That seems like a, a special occasion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All of it. Anything with like more than a few steps See, for and me. That's, and that's my thing. Like I always love if, these elaborate yeah. like. If there's yeah, more than okay. five ingredients, I'm like not here. Yeah. Right. Sam calls it going avocado because it's always extra. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that amazing? So he calls it avocado. He's like, you're so avocado. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm more of like a let's hope it works. What's, what's that? But like? that's how you learn. Let's talk about stocking then. Stock? Yeah. Um, stocks are awesome. And all the things that you guys, th- well, and it also depends on how you shop too. So like sometimes we get a whole chicken. Well, that's different than your nice little like breast cutlets that are boneless and skinless. Um, when you get like a whole chicken and you, you know, quarter it or whatever you want to do, um, which is a pain in the ass, by the way. Uh, you use all those pieces and throw them into water and cook them. Basically you want skin fat, you want bones, but even after the chickens already cooked, like if you get a rotisserie chicken from Costco, do not throw that carcass out and, but you can throw it in a pot of water, boil it for a few hours and you will have amazing chicken stock. Like that rotisserie chicken that's at almost every store in Long Beach is so useful you can shred it and make tacos you can dice it and put it in a soup and make a bomb chicken soup i use it for salad salad. slice Uh the breast for sandwich meat Uh yeah like you can um uh, there's sometimes really fatty parts if you guys put that in a pan on low heat it like renders it and you'll get fat and you can fry stuff in it so like sam calls it chicken chicharrones he takes thigh meat, no joke, and they're so good, you guys. He renders the fat and then just keeps on tossing them once the fat, and it comes these like little fried chicken pieces, and it's amazing. So those rotisserie chickens are so versatile on so many levels, and they'll save you money too. Yeah, especially like shopping for one is kind of like shopping for being a broke college student in a way, because you have to find things to reuse. You have to try and find like the right portion. Cause you don't have room for any waste. Like even if I had money for it, like I don't want to. And be smart with your grains. Like right. the dried beans people are super bulk. good sources. Buy bulk. Yes. Are super good sources of Same. protein. Yeah. Oh yeah. You guys swear by that, huh? Yeah. You can Give get a shout everything out for, for winko in Espanol. Es winko. <laughs> Which Aldi. is how I love it. Too. Aldi too. Aldi and Yeah. Yeah. Give a shout out for your stores because I know you guys shop at a couple different places than we mentioned. Yeah. We're down to three for the most part. We're at Winco for bulk stuff. Aldi for because it's such a small store and you don't get. And what's Aldi? Fatigue. I know. I know it's like a Tesco owned thing, but what is it like? Is it like grocery outlet? Because I go there, too, because that's like walking distance from my house. Aldi's like this small it's but it has everything you need and a lot of them are their own brand it's like they're really well priced and yeah what's their selling point is just that they package their own stuff cost effective very cost effective for them and pretty consistent too it's like the problem with bargain market is you can go and get good deals but you can't consistently get good deals aldi is you get exactly what they need what you need and they don't stock 10 different varieties of the same thing they 
dock one or two and they're all good quality. Oh, that's great. I'm, I'm a Libra, so I'm indecisive. And I really freak out when I'm like, I need some more mayonnaise. And that's why you would love Costco, too. Right. And then I go into they don't the give ma- you a million. I go into the mayo section and there's, <laughs> I'm like, do I want it made with olive oil or canola oil? Or do I want condensed air that tastes like mayonnaise? And then I start thinking crazy things. So I actually really appreciate just an option or two. That's a that's a good tip. Bring a quarter. You have to put a quarter for their carts. That's the only catch. What? You get it back. At Aldi? Yeah. <gasps> that's how they, oh my because God. they don't have no, to pay. I, I, I love this so much. Oh, my God. This I first experienced this in Copenhagen. You have to put a euro in to get your little cart. And when you put it back in its proper place, it returns your euro. Is that so you it's don't take either? super draconian. But guess what? It keeps the parking lot super clean. And they don't have to hire someone to get the carts. Oh, I understand. Oh, I was thinking like it people cuts, walking yeah, off it with cuts, it, but it, you're right. No, it cuts down on labor and no one's cars get hit. Wow. And it's, and it kind of forces people to do the right thing. And I love this convert. Like I'm a huge advocate. Sam has actually instilled this in me of learning how to be more cost effective. Mm-hmm. Like you don't, you don't have to waste your money people. And, and you don't have to view food with class. Like it's not... It's not a class issue. They've turned it into a class issue, but it's not. Like you can you can genuinely save money on things if you just play it smart. Like honestly, I feel like the things that you save money are what I would always consider as higher class because we're cooking at home more. We're not going through Del Taco. We're not going through places that are going to, you know, you're saving money just by not buying trash is all it is. You're just spending exactly. the money. On, you're spending money on what you are going to cook. It's like, yeah, he's like, it's actually costs less to eat, to buy smart and eat at home. Mm-hmm. And I, I, so part of the motivation and the reason for this episode, we've been talking a lot of, we've been talking about this for the last few months, like bringing yeah. me into your house and showing me how you cook. Cause I know you're such a great home cook. Um, but really it was the new year because one of my new year's resolutions was to cook more at home, to make, to not eat out as much, to make sure that I'm buying, to try and force myself to do this, to buy smarter and everything. And then the first week of the year, I went to Arizona to go visit my, my new baby cousin. And I was like playing doula and stuff. So I know she was just a little skin sack, just breastfeeding and pooping and crying the whole time. That's it. She'll remember it all when she's older and (laughs) when I rub it in her face. Uh, but basically what I, I mean, I was there for them and for my cousins to like help them, you know, adjust and do what they need to do to like take care of this new life. So that meant that I was like, oh, I can totally do this, cook three meals a day. And so I did. And I was sort of like, I don't know, house made in some way, like taking, you know, cooking three meals a day, doing all the dishes. Like I made bread one day. I made my first loaf of bread, which was crazy. That's something I totally want to learn how to do. I it need was, to go to one and of our kind of over, classes. She kind of oversaw it and was like helping me, but she had all the gear. That's really important. You have to have the right equipment, I realized. But yeah, all she had was a book. expensive, guys. It makes it a lot easier. Mm-hmm. I'm pointing to you don't a need any KitchenAid stand mixer. But you don't need that. uh, An immersion blender. You don't need any of those things to do bread. Oh, no, to do bread. But I mean, like, I'm just talking about equipment in general. Like, when you start to invest in cooking, it, but when you do, it's worth it. Right. But that's, it motivated me even more because I realized that I was there for five days. We didn't go out to eat once. We went, the first day I was there, uh, we went to, they have sprouts out there. So we went to sprouts and we stocked up and I kind of had a grocery list and I had a mental list of like what I wanted to cook each day. I did a little meal planning. So with a little bit of foresight, and then I was thinking about them, their new parents. So I was trying to save them money. So by doing it for others, by, by loving others, I ended up, you know, figuring out a way to love myself a little bit. So I tried to bring those habits back. So the last month or so since, or well, I guess it's only been a few weeks since I've been home, 
um, I've really been trying to, to keep that going and to not eat out as much because I mean, it was really, it'd be six days a week, six, seven days a week. I'm eating out, especially when I was reviewing food restaurants, every, I always used to say, never waste a hungry, right? You have to, every meal has to count as research. You have to be doing something towards your, uh, towards work and towards writing. So it's been a, a real revelation in the last year, but then specifically in the last month or so, and since the new year. So that's kind of the purpose in the background for why we wanted to do this episode right now. Well, and, and the other thing too, is, um, beware of the online recipes. Like they could be overwhelming people and it sucks because sometimes, especially when you're not well-versed, you don't know what's needed and what isn't. Right. And that you're only going to learn that if you start cooking yourself. And learn why. Yeah. Yes. What yeah. does this ingredient yeah. do? That's what I've been wanting to do. Uh, someone bought me the Flavor Bible, which has been helpful in that. And you mentioned the acid, salt, fat, and heat um, book. You know, those two, I would say the Flavor Bible and that book really helped me understand like the balance between all the flavors and the why. The why is so important because I want to know the why. I'm a journalist. I'm, I'm inquisitive. Of course, I want to know the why. I can't just follow like a blind recipe. So... So that's been really The Silver Spoon. Oh was my god, this is a Bible. Originally published only in Italian, right? And then Phaedon translated it all and reprinted it in a special edition. And for anyone who This looks like a new like a King's Jam King James Bible right now. Yeah, like it starts off with it's Italian, yes, but you learn cooking terms, how to make stocks, how to quarter chickens, how to yeah, I mean, it's Basics. just amazing. And, and, and it's not only Italian, it's pate. Cooking pilaf. terms. Yeah. What does roasting? I actually do want to know, because, like, I'm the I'm the one that's reading these recipes sometimes, and I have to Google, like, what's the difference between cubed and sliced? Or is cubed and diced, right? What is, like, diced or a fine dice versus a chunky dice or whatever? Like, sometimes people are using different terms for different cuts, and I'm like, where? Are, what is this scale that we're working off of here? I had always wondered why my eggplant was always so bitter. Literally just this part right here. It's a section in the book people called cooking terms, and it just has salt. Oh, I did know it is salt yeah, my eggplant. To, yeah, sprinkle sliced eggplant, cucumbers, and sometimes zucchini with salt to draw out their juices. Mm -hmm. Like, it will make them less bitter. Like, so it's amazing. These type of books, they're expensive. This was like 50 bucks. But, like, you, you get to learn, like, just what, I mean... How convenient is that? Like, you're just like, because these these recipes always say, like, nine and a half inch diameter two pan. And you're like, what? And this has pictures corresponding with that. Yeah, we're looking at a two-page spread, and it's just photos of different kinds of pan, pots and pans that we've probably seen around, but I didn't know, like, terms for it. Yeah, I'm just, like, learning kind of, like, how I could possibly use a Dutch oven or, well, what is this, a bunt cake? A, di a nine and a half inch diameter tube pan. Yeah, and then it goes on. I mean, it's you start to learn everything, yeah, and then this this is the best part. Just like bases, just like hot sauces, marinades, basic sauces, bechamel, which is your base uh, cream sauce for people who don't know. Yeah, those are the kinds of things that that will help. Uh, you just need like to get uh, mornay mustard. Bechamel. You need to get yeah. you need to get a couple of things down in in your toolkit, so to speak. Yes. Uh, one way that I found to kind of keep up. So I didn't know about any of these books and a lot of food books are really overwhelming because like even this book, I mean, it's overwhelming because it's like five inches thick. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, here, yeah, listen to it. <laughs> That's like half of it. <laughs> the chunks. <laughs> this is it. This is the sound of it hitting the counter. <laughs> oh my God. 
gosh, it almost went through the floor. But even so these books even still are intimidating because I'm not coming from a baseline understanding of how flavors work together or how much to put in things and breaking down some of those recipes and uh, and getting little little tips and little tricks. The way that I've done it is through those meal prep services. I swear the meal, you know, the meal, uh, the meal kits, I should say. Yeah, Those are becoming super popular and I get why they also teach people how to cook. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's where I first, so I started doing them maybe like two, three, four years ago at my old apartment and I would get them because I'm busy and you could buy you, you basically have to buy two portions of any meal. And then there's like a minimum of three a week. So you basically have to buy six meals a week. So if you're solo, you're basically cooking dinner for two and then taking the rest to lunch tomorrow which is cool. And everything comes pre-portioned. You don't have to do any shopping or anything. Um, and it just comes delivered. But each recipe I was looking at, um, I, I used plated, I used blue apron once and how's blue apron. It was, it's okay. They're all just like a little slightly different. And it just depends if you get bored with like the way that the chefs cook, or if you don't like the style of stuff, or if sometimes, sometimes they're like too, um, they're just too detailed or something, or I'm like never going to, I don't even want that food kind of thing. I'm not that I'm picky. I just, I don't know. I'm not, I don't want pork chops. Like I was saying, you know, so sometimes they'll give you that if you want, if you say you want meat. So I, I haven't found one that I actually stick with the whole time, but the recipes themselves always kind of had a theme. Like there was one with, I believe it was plated where they said, okay, today we're going to teach you, or we're going to teach you how to like cook in parchment paper. So it came oh, nice. with, so it came with, uh, it was, parchment paper. it was trout in a parchment yeah. paper. And so they chose the salt crust thing. Uh, yeah. So they gave you something to like crust on it. No, no, it was steamed. I think. So uh-huh. you put it in the parchment paper and you, you roast it, it. Yeah. And you, or, and you put a couple of veggies in it and you roast it in the oven and it's like, Oh, here's how you can like cook something in parchment paper. So now, you know, like now I have a roasting method, you know, in my, I can put that in my little toolkit. Um, there was a, one recipe of, um, lettuce wraps that were super easy using just like ground beef. And it was super simple and you could make it in like 15, 20 minutes. And I was like, okay, now I know how to do that and I can mix it up. And so I've done that recipe with, with tofu then and, and other things. So I've been able to, to get a couple of things down from those, um, from the meal kits. Um, so you can try different companies. There's purple carrot too. And they all deliver to Long Beach now, which is cool. Cause they didn't That's for a long time. Nice. They did not for a very long time. As always, we are so thankful that you joined us for a new episode of supper time in the LBC. Uh, if you want to listen to more episodes because you might have perhaps missed one, we are available on all major platforms. As I always say, free news is not cheap, so we appreciate any donation that you can give. You can do so by visiting lbpost.com support if you want to do that. Until we eat again, adios Long Beach. <laughs>